Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message.
Well, welcome everybody uh, to our service online together. We're so thankful for you and that we can connect in this way. Uh, just a reminder that uh, you can keep updated at all times on our social media and on our website. Uh, and we're looking forward to kind of starting a new year together. So welcome to the service. And just remember that uh, we're just praying that this would help you love God and love others, which is the real, real meaning of being the church uh, and being Christians no matter our circumstances. And let's also take a moment uh, together to pray in this time. So Jesus, we recognize you as the source of, of everything, Lord. We, we recognize you as the source of the sun's energy in this season. And that uh, now that we've made it through the kind of the darkest time of the year, that we are, we're getting more sunlight every day. And we thank you that you are the source of all goodness, all beauty, and all truth in, in life, in the unseen realm. And that's, who we, that's what we look to you for uh, as we transition into a new year. Lord, I pray that you'd help us reflect back and give us gratitude, remind us of, of memories and of things from this past year that would um, encourage us and encourage one another. And then also help us, give us a vision for this new year. Give us dreams um, that are from you uh, for what life could look like this year uh, with you. And, and as we make these transitions, we just, we say thank you. We, we say we love you. And um, thanks for this, this morning together too. Amen. Follow the star to a place unexpected. Would you believe after all we project, a child and a manger? of all unlikeliest hero wrapped in his mother's shawl just a child is this who we've waited for and how many kings stepped down from their thrones how many lords ever been in their homes how many grace have become the And frankincense for his pleasure ember for the cross that he'll suffer. Do you believe? Is this who we waited for? sons for me only one did that for me 
And how many kings stepped down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? Good morning, Ebenezer family and friends, and Merry Christmas to you. I hope that you were able to enjoy your Christmas season in spite of the challenges that we all face this year. 
This morning, as I speak, I'm going to stick with the Christmas theme. However, next week, I'm going to be sharing a special New Year's message on the theme of perseverance that will encourage you not to lose heart during these challenging times. So make sure you tune in next week because it's going to be a great message and you're going to be challenged and blessed by it. Now, I want to begin today's sermon by asking you a question and one that I'm actually going to give you a moment to answer this morning. We've just finished celebrating one of the most unique Christmas seasons we'll probably ever face in our our lifetime. At least I hope so. In many ways, it's been disappointing because we haven't been able to see the people we want to see and do the things that we, we love to do. But in other ways, the strangeness of this year has helped us focus on the significance and importance of the season in our own lives, and hopefully the true meaning of Christmas. Now, I realize that not all who are watching today think the same or have the same values. And Christmas means different things to different people. But here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to take a moment and think of four words, and only four words, that best describe what Christmas means to you. Words that capture the true meaning of Christmas. Okay, everyone understand what I'm asking. I want you to summarize Christmas using only four words that in your view capture the essence and meaning of Christmas. So parents, if you have children with you, make sure they stop and they do this exercise. And children, make sure your parents do this as well, okay? So I'm gonna play a Christmas carol in the background and you'll have about 60 seconds to write down your four words and then about another 60 seconds to share your four words with either someone who is with you in the room today or someone who you can quickly email or text. Okay, so let's, let's go for it. If you haven't already done so, uh, take a moment to share your four words with someone else. Okay, great. Thanks for participating. I'm curious, uh, what four words did you use? Maybe you're like Pastor Kel and you used an alliteration. Maybe your words were family, friends, food, fun. Maybe your words were more like holidays, parties, shopping, gifts. 
you might have been more spiritual. Maybe you uh, chose some of the main words of the candles of Advent, hope and peace and joy and love. Or maybe your words were Jesus, uh, baby, savior, king. I suspect all, our lists all have some common words and themes, but I'm sure that they're all unique because Christmas means different things to different people. That being said, uh, I think the essence and the meaning and the central message and the true meaning of Christmas story can be captured in one simple four-word sentence. God is with us. God is with us. This is the phrase that God himself uses to describe Jesus and his birth, as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. And those words are a direct quote of an Old Testament prophecy by the prophet Isaiah, who said this in Isaiah chapter 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign, and the virgin will, will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The Gospel of Matthew says it this way in Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had it in his mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Emmanuel. God is with us. The significance of this event must not be rushed over in our familiarity with the Christmas story. And nor should it be blended and lost with all the other details around the Christmas story. Because this truth, God is with us, is the Christmas story. And it is the real good news the angels proclaimed. God is with us. Well, let's just ponder that for a bit. It means that the one who is eternal, the one who created the heavens and the earth and everything that is alive, the sovereign king, the sustainer of the entire universe and the holy God of Israel entered the world by wrapping himself in humanity. To do this, God completely emptied himself of his deity. And although fully God, he had to live within the limitations of his human flesh. He had to learn to, to walk and to talk. He cried real tears. He bled real blood. He had real parents who he had to obey. God is with us. It's an amazing thought. In Jesus, the invisible became visible. God was walking on this planet in plain view. He lived his life in full view of others. And he lived his life in a way that honored and pleased his heavenly father and his earthly parents. God is with us. He proclaimed good news to the poor. He proclaimed freedom for the prisoners. He, he healed the sick and restored the sight of the blind. He set the oppressed free. Emmanuel, God is with us in Jesus. Now, why is this significant? 
Why is it so important that you and I understand that Jesus was God in the flesh, God incarnate? Well, for a few reasons. Uh, First of all, Emmanuel, God with us in Jesus, means that God's word can be trusted because he kept his promise to mankind. You see, the very moment Adam and Eve disobeyed God and rebelled against his rule, that act separated them from God's presence. But God immediately put in place a plan to redeem and restore their brokenness and the brokenness in the relationship they had with him. The Old Testament scriptures are filled with the prophecies that speak of this promised Messiah who would come and save them and be their king. Scriptures like Jeremiah 23, which says this, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteous Savior. God took on flesh when Jesus was born. And this proves that God's word can be trusted because he kept his promise. Second, Emmanuel, God is with us in Jesus, is a picture of what once was, and it's a vision of what will one day be again. Jesus is God in the flesh. He walked on this earth. He interacted with mankind like you and I would walk and talk with our friends in the park. As amazing as this is, it was not the first time that God walked on this earth and interacted with humanity. We see this in the beginning in the story of creation. We read in Genesis chapter 3, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now this was after they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and, and so they hid themselves, it says in the scripture, from the Lord. And God called out to them, where are you? You see, uh, God used to walk on this planet. He walked in the garden. He talked with Adam and Eve, just like you and I would walk and talk with a friend as we walk along. And now in Jesus, God once again walked on the earth and interacted with humanity. And this is a picture and reminder of God's original intent and his desire to have a relationship with mankind. It's a snapshot of a perfect past, but it's also a foretaste of what will one day be again. In Jesus, the kingdom of God had come near. The power of God and the awesomeness of his kingdom accompanied Jesus wherever he went. In Jesus, as Paul says, the fullness of God came in bodily form. And those that followed him were completely and forever changed and impacted by his presence in their lives. God is with us. Well, why is that so significant? Well, first of all, God's presence in Jesus proves that God will keep his promises. Second, God's presence in Jesus is a snapshot of what was and a vision of what will one day be again. And now third, Emmanuel, God is with us in Jesus, displays the awesome power of God. The Gospels give us the details of Jesus' time on earth. Story after story display the power and the presence of God in Jesus. Jesus actually began his ministry by saying, Repent, the kingdom of God, meaning him, has has come near. And it had come near in Jesus, who was and is the ruling king of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, as you know, taught us to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And in Jesus, humanity was able to see what this world would look like under the reign and rule of Jesus Christ. Because everywhere that Jesus went, his kingdom broke out. He showed his power over the physical by healing people. He showed his power over nature by calming storms. He showed his power over the spiritual by casting out evil spirits. Every miracle Jesus performed on earth displayed the fullness of God's power and it affirmed the fullness of God's presence here on earth. And his promise is that one day he will return to earth, not as a baby, but as king, and exercise his reign as king on earth, just as he's exercising his reign as king in heaven right now. God is with us. God's presence in Jesus proves that God fulfills his promise. God's presence in Jesus is a snapshot of what was and a vision of what will one day be again. God's presence in Jesus displays the awesome power of God. And now fourth, Emmanuel, God is with us in Jesus, reminds us that we are never alone, no matter how alone we feel. The good news of the Christmas story is not just that a baby was born. Nor is it just the story of salvation that God sent His Son to die on the cross for the sins of mankind so that we can one day be with Him in heaven if we believe and accept this truth. No, the the real good news of the Christmas story and the fullness of the gospel is God's presence in our lives. In Genesis chapter 1, we read, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. This verse is not just the account of God creating the earth for man to live. It's actually the story of God creating the cosmos to be his dwelling place or temple where he would be present. And the story of God creating humanity is the story of God desiring to fellowship with other people and have friendship with humanity. It's the story of God wanting to display his power and his greatness so that mankind might know him and love him and and glorify him. Now, sadly, God's purposes were disrupted when sin entered the picture. When Adam and Eve rebelled against God and disobeyed Him, not only did they rebel against God's reign and rule, but they rejected and abandoned His presence. And this broke God's heart. I don't know if we always understand that. Because His deep desire is, is to, was to be known and loved by His creation. And then the story of the Bible, from Genesis chapter 3 all the way to the very last chapter in the Bible, Revelation 21, is a story of how God brings His presence back to man. We see snapshots of this throughout the Bible. You know, consider the story uh, of the Exodus from Egypt. God heard the cry of his people, and he sent Moses to deliver them out of their bondage. And when they left Egypt, do you remember how they found their way through uh, through the uncharted desert? Well, Exodus 13 says this, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart before the people. This is the first time that the people of God had had seen and witnessed God's presence in years and years and years. Do you remember that the first thing God commanded them to build in the desert? Well, it's a tabernacle so that he, the holy God, could come and dwell among his people again. The Bible tells us that the Shekinah glory of God, or the visible manifestation of God on earth, 
would descend over the tabernacle and all could see it. And when it lifted up in the tabernacle, it was a sign that the people needed to pack up and, and move on. So important was God's presence to Moses and to the people of Israel that in Exodus chapter 33, after the people had disobeyed God and God's presence was in jeopardy, Moses prayed and he pleaded with the Lord for him to continue to go with them, saying these amazing words. If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people in, on the face of this earth? You see, uh, in that day, all the nations referred to Israel as the people of God's presence. They saw God's presence when the cloud of God's Shekinah glory settled over the camp. They saw God's presence when that same cloud led them through the desert. They experienced God's presence when the Israelites took the Ark of the Covenant with them in battle. Later, after the people of God entered the Promised Land, they built a temple, which is to be the permanent place for God to dwell on earth. This temple became the centerpiece of, of all Old Testament theology. It was a place where, where God's presence resided. It was a place where, where man could be reunited with his God when he made mistakes and when he sinned, where their sins could be paid for through a, a sacrificial system. It was a place where the rest of the world could come and meet with God through Israel. But you know the story. Israel continued to rebel against God's reign and rule. And eventually, that led to the temple being destroyed in the presence of God leaving the people. In the 400 years that followed, the people struggled to find a way to connect with God without their temple. But Isaiah prophesied, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That prophecy, of course, was fulfilled in Jesus. But Jesus didn't come just to save us from our sins so that we can go to heaven when we die. He came to remove our sin so that God's presence could return to humanity. And he accomplished, and he accomplished this by coming to earth and living a perfect life, dying a perfect death and complete sacrifice uh, on the cross. In fact, the final words that he spoke to his disciples as he ascended into the heavens were these. Behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is God's great promise to his children. God is with us always to the very end of the age. Now, Fast forward 2,000 years. Those same four words that changed history in the first century continue to shape our lives in 2020. God's promise to us, his children, is that he is with us and that his presence will never leave us. In fact, his presence is going to be with us forever. And we can believe this promise because God fulfilled his promise to us in Jesus. So, what does all this mean for today? Well, well, it means a few things. 
It means that even though you might have felt alone and isolated this Christmas season because of the government restrictions placed on us, we were not alone. God was present. It means that for the person who, who is struggling to pick up the pieces of their life because of a broken relationship, maybe a spouse has walked out and abandoned you, that God is with you. He hasn't forgotten you. He sees you. It means for the elderly couple who can no longer care independently for themselves, like my parents, who must now rely on the care of others. It's a message of hope that God is with you. It means for the person who is lying all alone in the hospital bed right now, unable to see their friends and family because of the COVID restrictions, feeling like you're isolated and alone, but you're not. God is with you. For the person who has watched as all their friends have gotten married and now they, they struggle with loneliness and the, and the pain of wondering if they will ever have that desire, the desire of their heart for love and companionship filled. And even in that singleness, remember, God is with you. For the child who feels ignored or has been abandoned or mistreated by their parents, God's with you. For the person who is grieving the loss of a spouse or loved one and feels especially alone during the holiday season, remember as you enter your house that God is with you. And for the person who is struggling with physical illness or mental illness and feels all alone in the battle that's raging in their bodies or raging in their mind and thoughts, just remember in the deepest, darkest moments, God is with you. You know, for the person who's walked away from God, and you don't know if you can ever find your way back, God's with you. He'll guide you back. And for the person searching for truth and investigating the claims of Jesus, God is with you. And he's, he's actively drawing you to himself. Whoever you are, and whatever circumstances you find yourself in this COVID Christmas, remember, you are not alone. And you've never been alone. You never will be alone. Because God in Christ wrapped himself in human flesh and chose a cave in Bethlehem to communicate one simple abiding truth. God is with us. These four words are the story of Christmas. They are the message of the gospel. And they are the words that will transform your life today. May you today and every day moving forward, experience the power and presence of God in your life. Emmanuel, God is with us. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your promise that you are with us. So you will never leave us. Thank you that that presence uh, came in Jesus Christ so we could see God. Thank you now that as you left, that you gave us the, the promise of your presence in God the Spirit. And thank you that unlike the days of old, you will not abandon us, that you will be with us, that you will guide us, that you will strengthen us, that you will comfort us, that you'll protect us. And that even uh, though we walk through the valleys of life, the valleys that are so, so dark that they feel like the valley of the shadow of death, that we will not fear because you are with us. So God, today, we celebrate your presence and we thank you for it. 
pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with us today. And I invite you to join us again next week as I share on perseverance and the, and the gift of God's abiding presence in our life as we move into the new year.
Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you and thanks for listening.